Now, it's time for Scott Weinberg on the Law, featuring renowned attorney Scott Weinberg, along with guest experts and some of the best attorneys in the country, sharing what you need to know to protect your legal rights. Scott Weinberg on the Law is produced by CBS Radio and TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Scott Weinberg. Wake up. Wake up and smell your rights burning with the coffee. That's right. This is Crime Time Live, and I'm your host, Scott Weinberg, here on the Legal Line Network and syndicated all over this great country of ours on line on TalkZone.com. I want to welcome to our new station in Detroit, WDTW, 1310 AM, Progressive Talk Radio. I love Progressive Talk Radio all over this country. We love being heard in places, especially like Detroit, where cities are trying my goodness, they're trying to crawl out of a recession, and we hope that uh, we hope that in Detroit we can do that. Just get Detroit just gets a bad rap, you know, just a bad rap, and they don't really deserve it. Well, all we do here is we talk about all the legal issues of the day, celebrity crimes all over this great country of ours, from stars caught in the grips of criminal justice system where nobody wants to be, at least not voluntarily, unless you're. A lawyer trying to trying to represent people. To even your concerns, your concerns on the uh, on what's going on in this great country, to your local neighborhood. Call me at one eight hundred seventy one hundred law. That's toll free as our hotline one eight hundred seventy one hundred five two nine. Talk about talk about all your rights. Talk about your concerns. Let me know if you disagree with me on any subject. I'm not always right. My wife will tell you that that's exactly what I say. Is I'm usually not uh, not ever wrong, but uh, that's not true. You can always call me at one eight hundred seventy one hundred law. That's one eight hundred seventy one hundred law, and we'll talk about everything that's going on. You know, the first thing talking about a new station in Detroit. Oh my goodness, what is going on still there with ex Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick? I know that Detroit loves to talk about Kwame Kilpatrick. That is all over the news, all over the country. I mean, you could be in Chicago, Atlanta, you could be in L.A. where my son is, man. You could be anywhere, and you'll still get that little noise, that little trickling down of what is going on with Kwame Kilpatrick. Well, let me tell you something right now. Kwame has got way more problems than he ever had before. But the question is, is he talking about him? Next mayor... Detroit, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick, he spent five hours this last Thursday in closed-door face-up with attorneys who basically says that Kwame still stymied the investigation in that 2003 ambush slang of exotic dancer Tamar Green. You know, there is one thing that you will always hear on this show, and I don't know if you get it on another show, so you're going to call me at 1-800-7100-LAW and let me know, but one thing you will always get here and that is my straight opinion. You know, I used to be a prosecutor. I was, uh, I've been a criminal defense attorney for 20 years. There is no case that I can't talk to you about in terms of giving you my opinion, whether or not I think it's fair that they're prosecuting, whether or not it was a good defense, whether you think someone should have gotten off and they didn't, or whether or not you think someone uh, got off and they should have. I'm telling you right now, there are cases you never know the way a jury's going to be and some cases should always go to the jury and some shouldn't, but most cases are plea barred. And that is exactly what happened 
there in Detroit with Kwame. Hey, he made a plea bargain. He made a deal. I will plead guilty and I will accept the punishment. But whether you think he should have or not, that is what a grown man did. He knew the consequences and he accepted it. And quite frankly, right now he's sitting in the Milan Hotel uh, out there in Milan Prison, probably wondering what the heck he was doing. Got everybody else jamming up and figuring out what he was doing. Well, what they're doing is right now they're asking him a lot of questions. The question is, are they getting any answers? And his attorney, obviously, as I would tell him to do, if he's got people trying to trick him up, trying to get him to say things that can be used against him. His best defense is basically, like I would always tell you, is your best defense is to shut up. And you have that right. You have a right to shut up. If you're investigated, if you're interviewed, do yourself a favor, shut up. And invoke your constitutional right to basically don't say anything until you can talk to your attorney. Even the dumbest person doesn't sound dumb when they're not talking. Well, isn't that the case? I mean, it, it is always the case that you don't ever say anything if you don't know what to say, but you also don't ever lie. You know, that's where these people always get in trouble. You go on a deposition, you go and you go get deposed in some, what would be a civil case like Kwame, or you testify like, it has nothing to do with the criminal case, whether it's Martha Stewart, whether it's former President Clinton, Whoever it is, they don't necessarily get in trouble for the crimes that, or for their their immorality of what happened, or what they of what they did. It's when they start being investigated, and then they give sworn statements under oath that really have nothing to do with the crime of it. They get charged with the federal crime of lying to a federal officer, or they get charged with some type of obstruction of justice. All you need to do is don't speak until you talk to a lawyer. And that's what's going on, of course, with uh, with Kwame. They they're deposing him. They're trying to get him to trying to get him to make, you know, I guess it would be statements that can be used against him. And my my impression is that he's not going to say anything. He's going to be smart, just basically plead the fifth and shut up. Of course, he's now a resident in uh, in Milan in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. He moved from the state prison, and as we all know, those federal hotels, believe me, are way better than being. In the state hotel, so I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's happy. Did you guys see? Mark, did you see this thing about Jersey Shore? Yeah, I love bringing up these things because everybody across this country they just love the Jersey Shore. I don't know if you watch. Do you watch Jersey Shore? Can't say that I do. Well, good <laughs> because let me tell you something. These kids there, they're just they are. I don't know how to put these these reality shows. You know, we're so reality show uh, driven now. We've got everything that we want to talk about. And it's made into reality shows. So they got these these kids that have no business. I don't think on them, on TV, but now they've got uh, Jersey Shore star Snooky. <laughs> That's a great name. Snooky arrested in Seaside Heights. Jersey Shore cast member has been arrested in the Jersey town where MTV uh, show is based. Seaside Heights police chief Thomas Boyd says Nicole Snooky Polizzi was arrested on the beach around 3:25, charged with disorderly conduct. You know what that means, basically. That means there's a lot of things going on. They just want to say, oh, we're going to charge disorderly. But I can't imagine what's going on down there at 3 o'clock. Nothing goes on well down at the beach at 3 o'clock. They were just, just take, talking. They were just hanging out. Yeah, it's exactly right. Fire, you right. know, a nice bonfire. and yeah. 
holding hands. And, and nothing else, nothing no. was lit. Nothing no, else nothing. Lit. And uh, they said their spokeswoman, of course, they declined to comment. See, now that's the thing. They declined to comment. That's what you got to do. Decline to comment. Don't let the paparazzi get all over you. Don't let them be starting to talk their way out of it. You know, like Blago tries to talk a way out of it in Chicago. Or like Lindsay Lohan always tries to make statements. Don't try to talk a way out of it. Let your attorney, let other people do it. Don't speak of it yourself. You know what will happen. They'll, uh, she'll end up, either the charges will be dropped or she'll get some attorney like me that'll represent her and get her off on the great charge, probably with a finer cost, but, you know, like someone like that. Whenever you have celebrity crimes, the only things that get reported are whether or not they plead guilty or whether or not they're arrested when they're, uh, when they're let off or when they're plea bargain. Let me tell you, you usually don't hear about it. But that's what's going on with, uh, with Blago, too. You know, Blago, again, got some good advice. They rested his case in Chicago. Right out of Chicago. They rest his case without calling the former governor. There are so many. I can't tell you over the 20 years, but the, being a prosecutor and being a defense attorney, how many times a defendant in a criminal case, federal or state, wants to take the stand. And as the attorney, it's so hard to control him. Everybody feels they can talk their way out of it. It's, it's amazing. Everybody thinks, I'll take the stand. That jury's going to believe me. I'm going to save the day. And most of the time, what they do is they end up sticking themselves right in the neck. Because they say something. They get a chance to get cross-examined by the prosecutor. They will, they will basically talk their way in to a conviction. Well, sometimes you can do it, but you got to be you got to be pretty darn, you know, pretty darn uh, sophisticated and know exactly what you're saying to want to have a uh, a jury hear what you're going to say. You got to you've got to be fully uh, practiced and fully um, working with your lawyer. You can't just take the stand, but you have to listen to your lawyer's advice, and that's what happened here. The testimony of the federal. Corruption trial right out of Chicago of trial of former Governor Rod Blagojevich. It wrapped up on Wednesday. And without him taking the stand. Good job. Good job there, Rod. The first time he shut up. You know what I mean? It's just the first time that he, I think, did something really smart and not open his mouth in front of that jury. He said, it's my decision on the advice of his attorneys not to testify. You know, I mean, I go back and forth with that. Whenever you want to go public with why you didn't testify, you can always say, hey, I wanted to tell my story. But God, those goddamn lawyers, they made me shut up. They wouldn't let me do anything. Or you can say, those lawyers, you know, you're never going to say, lawyers wanted me to testify. I didn't want to. You know, they, you, you, can't, you can't ruin the effect of, I want to testify, my lawyers won't, or I have an absolute right under the Constitution not to testify and incriminate myself. And there's a jury instruction to the jurors that say, if the defendant does not testify, you can't hold it against them. Well, that, believe me, is a, uh, is a right that you want the jury to know. But you don't want to wreck it by then afterwards saying, well, I wanted to, but my lawyers wouldn't let me. You know, you should really just, again, shut your mouth. Don't play it in the papers like that. 
Let the professionals do it. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to go to the jury on Monday. They're going to do closing arguments. Now, probably a couple of days for that. And then I estimate this kind of a jury on a federal trial like this, I'll bet you that jury's out a while. I don't think it's going to be a quick decision. I think they're all going to be too scared to make a decision that will, I think, affect, well, if nothing else, be shown around the country. That's what I think. You can call me and tell me if you think I'm wrong. 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-LAW here on Primetime Live. But I really do think that they are going to consider it. It's not just a simple obstruction case. It's not a simple federal case. I mean, let's face it. This is not a death case. It's not a drug case. The witnesses here are basically about, do you really believe what this governor was doing was, and in my mind, it it, it even about just the legality of it. Because that's what they have to decide. But was it really ethical that he was trying to allegedly sell this uh, Senate seat? I don't know. I go back and forth about it. But I generally think that, and I think most people would say, it's got to be done all the time. Don't you think? I mean, it's just got to be done all the time. They absolutely use this power, whether you're a senator, president, congressman, for their benefit. I mean, that's what happens in politics. If you think anything different, you come call me at 1-800-7100-LAW. It's 1-800-7100-529. But in terms of the crime of it, forget about the ethics. The crime of it, you know, let's face it. it if you are trying to extort something, money, job, influence, that can be a crime. And that's what they're prosecuting for. It's really a type of undue influence with your power. And that's what they're trying to get them on. If they're going to get them and convict them... You know, if you want to get my estimate on it, you want to get my feeling, I'll always tell you what you think. I don't think he's going to be convicted. I think they might convict him on something, but it's definitely not going to be on all those counts. And whatever it is, I think Rod Blagojevich is going to declare it in his own inimitable way of victory. Victory for the common man, because that's who he thinks he represents. So I predict that he will not be convicted, at least not of all those charges. And we'll have to wait and see. I also predict it's going to be at least a week that uh, that we're going to have to wait. Because I don't think they're going to come back with really anything that quick. I mean, it's too too complicated for them to be able to do that. You know, I was looking. Did you see what happened out in New York? You know, I do, I've do. i done a lot of drunk driving. I mean, I, you know, I would estimate thousands of drunk drivings I've represented. i prosecuted and represented across uh, uh, across the uh, the aisle. And... It's amazing the kind of drunk drivings and how well people get them. But when you get turned in by your own daughter, I tell you, that has got to be one of the quintessential conversations you don't want to have at the dinner table. In New York, a teenage girl averted a tragedy by calling 911 from inside uh, a wildly weaving car to report her mother, who was driving, who ended up being charged with drunk driving in New York State. Yeah, basically, I'm not even going to read who it is. According to the investigators, she was behind a wheel of a 95 uh, LeSabra. Um, and the 13-year-old called, uh, of course, there was another 10-year-old in the car. You know, I, I've represented people in drunk driving for so many years. And it is, it is just amazing how many times people are drunk driving 
with their kids in the car. I mean, it, you know, there are different levels of drunk driving. There are different um, uh, blood levels that you can have that you might not even feel that you are under the influence, but you're over the legal limit. You know, it's not in this country illegal to drink and drive. Well, it isn't. It's illegal to be legally drunk and drive. And the problem is our government, our societies haven't come up with, okay, how can we make sure that if alcohol is legal, that if we're going to let people leave bars and parties, especially bars, after having alcohol, we don't have any system set up to say, hey, you're too drunk, you can't get in your car, you're not past the legal limit. Some people argue for sobrieters in every car so that before you can drive, you got to blow in that. Believe me, there's ways against it. There's ways around that. But that, until you can do that, until you can stop people from drinking legally and driving, you're going to have drunk driving. I don't care if mad gets all over me. That's my opinion. So wouldn't, you, wouldn't you just have someone else blow into it if you you know if you had a sobriety right in your car and just have someone else blow into it there goes your car all right see ya that's one of the ways but let's face it that is not what happens you usually don't have a sober person sitting in the passenger seat unless maybe it's your 10 year old that is going good to mom. blow <laughs> good mom. and is going to blow you know like uh, maybe this woman in new york would have had oh honey here i've had too much to drink blowing this so i can drive you home <laughs> i mean that's so weird ridiculous that that what is what could happen but you're right it could have someone who maybe drank but didn't drink as much as the other but in reality that's not what happens in society in reality most people are either alone in their car or they're with someone else who also is too drunk or they're it's with just the car. lesser of the two drunks is the one driving usually hopefully so you know sometimes you'd be surprised sometimes it's where they feel that they're being the responsible one Oh, I, you know, I came to the bar with someone else, and I, um, you know, he had too much to drink, and so I knew that. I only had a couple, and so I felt like I was sober enough to drive. I mean, that, that definitely can happen, and that does happen, but there is no way, no way that people can say there's, there's 100% where you can stop people from drinking and driving because it's legal. Make it illegal. Stop the alcohol from flowing freely, and then you won't have people as many drunk drivers. But until you do that in each individual state, I promise you, that is exactly what they're going to have. If you want to disagree with me, call me at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. You know, I got a, uh, we got a new sponsor here today. I got to tell you about these people. This, you know, when you redo your house, you have got to consider what you want to do with that house and especially that kitchen. And I'm telling you, I, I ran into these guys, Granite Transformations, and they are unbelievable. They will come in. I mean, listen to this. They will come in at the most reasonable cost, and they will fit over your old counter, that old cracked Formica counter that you're embarrassed about, that you're putting things over so nobody will see it, they will come in, and it's a family-owned business. They'll come in, and they will put that something that looks so perfectly granite, something that looks just tremendous, right over it, and you won't even tell. You can't even tell the difference between this and granite. It is much cheaper. It's done in a day. 
as they say, and beautiful for life. you got to call them locally, even in there in Detroit, 248-427-0200. It's a countertop. Now listen to this. It's a countertop that fits on top and goes right over your existing countertop, or they can even do a vanity or a shower or even your fireplace. And I don't just say this because it's a new sponsor. I'm telling you, they did it in my home. It was phenomenal. It was it was it was phenomenal. It was just great. You got to call these guys. I'm telling you right now at 248 427 0200 and you got to ask for Jimmy because I'm telling you they, these guys are just a family-owned business. They are just the best. So, I don't ever endorse any product that I can't say that I either used or a family member used and these guys are just top of the line. 248 427-0200. That's Granite Transformations. They've got a shop in uh, Troy there in Michigan and in Farmington, Michigan. So give them a try. If nothing else, call them up. You can schmooze with them and they'll talk to you about your counters. And, you know, listen, they'll say, hey, you might not be a candidate. But I would give them a shot. I mean, if they, I don't know if they're on Angie's list, but they should be as one of the top people around. Just take care of you. Granite Transformations. Give them a, give them a call, 248 248- Four two seven, oh two hundred. You know, we always talk about uh, local crimes here, but also there's national things that we always want to. You know, the the kind of thing that really, it really is just terrible that you hate to see. And that uh, that child um, out in uh, Oregon that's missing, and they reported that a woman has been close to contact with a stepmother, an Oregon child, and a grand jury is investigating it. You know. On any kind of case, and I want to—I really want you to understand the difference between a grand jury and preliminary hearing, because when people say, "Oh, you—you know—you can indict a ham sandwich, or you can indict anybody," let me tell you something: you still need some kind of evidence to bring in front of a grand jury. You know, even in Michigan, I was involved when they uh, wanted to uh, indict um, Jack Evorkian in the '90s, and we just—we couldn't get any. We couldn't get any witness to come in and testify that he did anything wrong. That was in Macomb County, Michigan. They were running a great thing back then. But I'm telling you, we just couldn't get anybody, and they couldn't indict him. The prosecutor did the responsible thing of trying to get it where someone would come in before a grand jury, and they wouldn't do it. So they just didn't, they didn't at that time um, indict him. Now, they did later, and they did it in a, in a different way, in a different county, and then they lost... And then they did it in Oakland County in Michigan. And then, of course, they won when he represented himself. But that's a different story. But with grand juries, what's going on in Oregon is they can't get enough evidence on someone to figure out what's going on with this missing boy so they can try to indict. You know, they've got, that, uh, they've got testimony. They've got uh, people coming for the grand jury. But I'm telling you something. If they had anything responsible out there, they had, had any credibility... Man, they would indict in two seconds. So they must not have really much at all. So, I don't know. Hopefully they'll get something. It's such a sad case that we see all around the country when kids are missing. But especially before you find them, you always have hope. So we hope that they, uh, they will find them. And if it means indicting someone to be able to get it, well, so be it. You can call us at 1-800-7100-LAW. We're going to take a break here at Crime Time Live with your host, Scott Weinberg. 
Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and keep your record clean? Hi, I'm attorney Scott Weinberg, host of Crime Time Live, heard Saturday mornings 11 to 12 noon on 1310 WDTW. Call my office anytime to protect your rights at 1-800-NO-JAIL, the number one. Or go to our website at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1.com. We have payment plans for everyone's budget. There should never be a price on protecting your rights. Call 1-800-NO-JAIL, on the number one. One right now.